and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and talk about it in depth. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 in the morning on the world's best internet radio station, BFF.FM, or you can also subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the second album from British band Big Joni called Back Home, and the first song is called Cactus Tree. He went away, away, away from me. He said, don't embarrassing history with this band because they were on my list of bands to see this past year at South by Southwest 2022 and I was dismayed when I saw that we weren't going to make any of their sets and you had to remind me that we actually did see them in in 2019 I just forgot and they were just a little bit stiff like not that interesting on stage but this this album really grabbed me and I, I think, you know, it's a weird situation performing at South by, especially in the British Music Embassy with a lot of people. It's broadcast live on the BBC. So maybe they were just kind of working out the kinks. Yeah, it's uh, I would say that what we get right off the bat with this track is a band that is trying to balance being energetic and accessible with doing some very strange experimental stuff like this track is rocking this great 6-8 beat out of the gate, so throwing us off kilter, and you get this really aggressive, um, just very kick drum dominated beat from, uh, and I'm gonna mangle this name, but Chardine Taylorstone, who's their drummer. Kick drum, you say? Yes. That is interesting because she plays stand-up drums in homage to the Jesus and Mary chain. Yes, well, it sounds like a kick drum. And they, she's if she's able to do that with her arms, all the more impressive. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just super bass heavy drum sound, and it kind of locks you into a very strange rhythm. And I, I it took me a while to notice because it felt so natural. Mm-hmm. And then I think later in the song, it then she starts to skew the rhythm, and it really leaves you kind of adrift. And along with the fact that it's these verse, and then this very flanger heavy guitar blast. And then another verse, and then just more of this guitar blast. And so it's a very strange combination of factors. Yeah, the guitar the almost sounds like a drone sound. It's a very unusual song. And they had some they had some debate about whether to put this first on the album. But I actually think it's a great opener because it just sets the stage for you're going to hear something that's, you know, a little bit experimental, a little bit different. Yeah, and it's... Uh, but from there, I think we start next into a track that I think is much more maybe conventional, but still pretty exciting to listen to. It's called Tot.
this song, you know, I described it as less experimental maybe, but I feel like it really plays with song structures in a way that I found quite enjoyable that there is this chorus, but it almost structurally, it feels like a pre-chorus because the you get just the lead vocals and then the backing vocals come in later and it really changes the dynamic. And then over the course of the song, I feel like those backing vocals become more and more prominent and then I think the last time through that chorus, there isn't the first period where it's just lead. In fact, it's all three of the voices together and it feels really triumphant even in this you know, song that's about making the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah, I, this might be my favorite song on the record and I really like the way they do the sequencing with the first song that's a, like very kind of experimental and unusual and then this song, which is more kind of um, conventional 90s sounding with a really great hook and I think that for me this is why this album drew me in a lot more than their first album Sistas did because there's just much more kind of a pop sensibility it, it's still super interesting and creative but there are more hooks and it's more of a full band sound they're adding in a lot of instruments and I really enjoyed that yeah they're taking I think you know I, I it's always tough because you're just like, oh, do you make it accessible? And is it, is it it's still art? I'm like, I think it is, but it's, it, yeah, it's very listenable. It's very universal. I mean, these two first two tracks at least are very about like, oh, kind of bad relationships and trying to learn from them. It's very universal stuff and it's, uh, but a new take on it for sure. Yeah. And I think we go from these two very different sounds into a third, I think pretty different, maybe a little more throwbacky pop sound on the next track we'll play. It's called In My Arms. and that big kind of surf rock guitar sound it really harkens back to you know bands like the Ronettes and like these girl group sounds and I think that's what they're going for and uh, along with the beat which is the dun 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 yeah I, I th- you get a, again more as the song progresses but it really goes from just this you know the lead vocals which I believe are from their guitarist Stephanie Phillips and they're pretty but have a very uh, there's a kind of sharp edge to those vocals and I, but i love that that's the the first the thing that they put forward and then these backing vocals come in and it becomes a, a, a lot of the songs have this call and response and mm-hmm. it feels super uh 
get the crowd on its feet and it's for these again same universal themes this just sort of longing and what it is just like, i just want to have you in my arms like it's such a the most essential like thing you would have in a pop song yeah she's talked before about how this song is about the feeling of home being kind of like a feeling of wanting your home to envelop you you know in its arms and all of this record is about the idea of where home is and stephanie phillips who's the founder of the band has talked about how you know all three of the women are children of migrants so their their parents think of home as somewhere else even though these three were born here born in the uk and kind of what that means to have your home be another country that you might not be able to go back to. And then also living in London where it's so expensive that you can't really, you know, if you're gonna live there, you just have to rent. You can't really buy a place and have it feel like it's yours permanently. And, and the, the feelings that of kind of displacement that that, that that creates. And so those themes really run through the album. Yeah. The it's it's interesting to think that sense of home because this the the warmth of the guitar sound yeah as you said kind of surfy and then this organ that you really comes in after that chorus and it feels so again it feel the song the song is giving us a big hug and it's pretty fantastic in fact they ended up i think reprising the song at the end of the album in sort of a sense of like well we're going to have two takes at this because it feels so universal that you get to hear it twice it's a really Uh, good song yeah it's very sweet uh but i love that from this sort of warmth where it's like okay it's this warm surf guitar with a little bit of organ thrown in Mm -hmm. they go into a pretty insane synth direction on the next track it's called count to ten i don't mind charming little song and it's played on the Suzuki Omnichord which is an early 80s electronic instrument that it's worth looking up a video on YouTube to watch someone playing it because it's it's just really interesting and Phillips learned this instrument when she was inspired by the Sharon Van Etten album Are We There which also has Omnichord on it and she even you know incorporates the little that electronic beat that is available on the instrument itself yeah I I'm so unversed that when I hear that beat, I immediately hear like, oh, Casio tone. But yeah. this is a much more sophisticated instrument where it's 
yeah, able to combine these chords and this strum effect that sounds remarkably awesome when you look at this ridiculous piece of plastic that people are playing it on. And you can get them on eBay for 500, 600 bucks. So go get one and learn it, I guess. Yeah, and it's impressive that they're still working after 35 years. Yeah, well, they, they built things to last back yeah. then. No, 45 years. Yeah, yeah. we're old. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, they... Yeah, hard to think of the early 80s as built to last, but it for sure was this. And it's a great thing. This, again, these different takes on longing for be they, you know, and here I don't want to step in it, but is it a human connection or community connection or this, yeah, but this universal longing and expressed in so many different ways, it is fantastic. And, you know, here's the point where I just lay out like this album, I don't know that I was that I love every second that I'm listening to it, but I am never, ever bored listening to it. And that is hard to pull off mm -hmm. if you're sticking around. And it's what, 13 tracks. Mm -hmm. And each one is bringing us something new. And I, I think lets us, again, if you were, if this, if they were in the same lane musically, I think the thematically it's so, it has been, I feel pretty consistent. And so it's good that they're mixing things up as, as strongly musically. Yeah. And you mentioned community and all of the members of this band have talked in interviews about, they describe themselves as punk, punk being an ethos of creating your own culture and not finding what they wanted in the community that was out there. And so trying to create their own communities around the, the way that like kind of the DIY way that they like to create music. And I feel like that is really you, you hear that in the, the songs on this record. Yeah. And that sense of intense energy really goes from longing to in-your-face anger on the most rock and roll track on the record, which we'll play next. It's called Happier Still. This is it. Maybe not the most rock and roll song but on the album, but it is absolutely damn sure the most sounds like Slater Kinney song I have heard in a very long time. And that probably includes that last Slater Kinney album that there's something about that guitar sound that we hear, especially in that uh, guitar solo after uh, weirdly pre-chorus. But well, I can talk about that in a second, but more just that sound of precision at the same time as it feels like it's completely out of control and this feeling of clean and completely blown out at the same time uh where i mean here it's a 
guitar and bass rather than two guitars, but there's still very much the sense of two melodies, very melodic bass playing that is pretty high up, and then this guitar playing pretty low. And so they are in this, you know, playing together in the same range and almost fighting each other. And it, yeah, it's, it's bringing that back to when I first heard Dig Me Out. Like it's such a primal feeling. And, you know, I'm a huge Slater Kinney fan. And it's always been the big question of like, why do no other bands do what they do? It works so well. And here's Big Joni and they are doing it and they are knocking it out of the park. Yeah, and they are all they have cited Slater Kinney as an influence. They are also three women who are, you know, badasses and feminists and I, I'm sure they see inspiration there. And this song really grabbed me because it's got that high energy the verses, um, where there's it's kinda like a fast drum beat and the as you mentioned, like the backing vocals singing together, but then they really knock it out for the chorus where it's really just kind of a sing along belt out. Yeah, well, and, it, and again, it, it, I love that it starts chorus, so it's structural, it's like chorus, verse, pre-chorus, do two rounds of that, and then the guitar solo, so it's like, it's very off-putting, and yet very intense. And, I don't think it's off-putting. Well, I think it's like, it throw, it's just like, it's a little off-kilter. Kilter, it's like, yeah. I feel like, not yeah, I'm pulled into the song, but also kind of, I'm, I'm off-balance, for yeah. sure. And, you know, this... I think this is also the track where I'm just like this producer who I guess worked on their first record as well is Margot Broom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not the most extensive catalog, but has worked with a, a lot of interesting UK bands mm-hmm. and, you know, her ability to really make so many different styles really pop is remarkable. And, you know, unsurprisingly, uh, this band I think was one of the more successful tracks on that dig me out covers album and also produced by Margot Broom. And it's just like, Oh yeah, they, uh, able to yeah, capture that energy. And so, you know, I, I can stop talking about Slater Kenny now, but I'm so glad this band just warmed my heart in a huge way with this track. Yeah. And Broom, I think in set the stage for them to bring in some more instruments. They had Charlotte Valentine, who's a, a very well-known violinist apparently, and she adds some strings and they're just really expanding their sound versus what was on the first record. And they have such great instincts and songwriting and obviously musicianship. And so it's, it's, fun to see them taking on a more full sound that you could really see them playing in a stadium. Yeah. And the sequencing on this record is, it takes us on such a journey. And I really appreciate that here where we're kind of right in the middle where there's this incredible energy in so many different styles where we had count to 10 and the weird synth. Now we have this super rock and roll. And then on the next track we'll play, it's where we kind of synthesize those where it has that almost Slater Kenny guitar sound, but with a lot more synth and pop sensibility as well. It's called Insecure.
like this is the most bass heavy track. You really, the bass really carries a lot of the melody, which I really like. It's so bouncy and forward. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I think that might be why, you know, I just said, oh, this is really synthy. It's not synthy at all, except for the fact that it's so stripped down. There's so much less guitar and even the percussion is replaced kind of with like, I think, a drum machine for a fair chunk of it. Yeah. So it's worth noting that their original bassist was somebody who they formed the band with originally, and then she moved to Scotland. And so she was replaced by Estella Adieri, who's really got she really brings a lot to this record and i think a lot of it is subtle but this is a song where it's really pulled more forward yeah i this is another one where yeah it has such a kind of yeah earth yeah the earthy energy and you know an entire song about being insecure and worrying like am i am i good enough to make it Mm -hmm. even as this band is in the middle of doing a remarkable sophomore record and i and at the same time, that sort of stripped down sound is, I, I, you know, I'm trying to come up with words to describe that, the structurally how strange this is where it's like there's these tiny little verses and then these chor- these things that sound like choruses, but sort of change up the lyrics and the balance between the lead vocals and the backing vocals. And then as we get into the end of the song and then suddenly the lead vocals just drop out and it's all backing. And so... You, you almost get that sense of like, yeah, the voices in your head, like she, she's speaking and then there's the voices in her head saying like, I don't know, are you going to be able to make it? I don't know. Yeah. And it's uh, It really yeah pulls us into their heads. And this is probably the song that speaks most directly to that theme of where is home and talking about, you know, living in London where it's so expensive and so many of your friends have decided to settle down and move out into the suburbs or outer reaches of London and where's going to be your home. Anyway, so the next song we'll play is called Today. such a full sound that I think that maybe there are multiple layers of guitars tracked. It sounded like more than one guitar. Yeah, it, I, I don't know how they achieved it, but it has such a like live, echoey... I, I don't know if it's tracked or just processed, but whatever mm-hmm. they did to make it feel so... Yeah, yeah, it's not like it's not country-ish, but it's just got such a twang to it. Hmm. 
and it really f- does not feel of a piece with the other guitars mm-hmm. on this record, which is why I especially love that it, yeah, that it has that kind of countryish sound to it, and yet we then in that bridge suddenly really prominent synths to kind of wrap it up before suddenly dropping us back into the much more cheerful guitar sound. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love how yeah, old fashioned the guitar sound and it makes the, the synths that much more jarring. Yeah. For an, a record that see, feels this experimental and unique it's really calling back to a lot of different styles that it incorporates in without sounding like a pastiche at all. And you really have to give it a few listens to really pull out those references. And that's what I really like. They have such a unique sound, but it's it goes in so many different directions and it's so creative and it's layering on all of these different influences in, in a way that sounds completely new. Yeah, it's really remarkable Yeah, that this band first record 2018 made a little bit of a splash but clearly have been very busy in a cranking out this very impressive second record getting signed to kill rock stars so that this record is on a much higher profile label apparently they've done uh you know live sets opening for saint vincent again very high profile like just really you know the aforementioned slater kinney covers album they're really getting out there and they obviously have some very impressive friends in high places And they've got the talent, I mean, for obvious reasons. This is an impressive band. I think the first album was very well received. It just wasn't my taste. It didn't grab me in the way that this one did. Yeah, I think they hitting that sweet spot is is a good way to describe it for me. Like, I I think I was not expecting to appreciate this. And as I said, it, it took a while to grow on me, but it is the kind of record that rewards repeat listens. And I think I'm coming out of it I was skeptical and not sure that I wanted to even do this record for the podcast. Mm. And I'm glad you convinced me that this was a good record to do. Yeah. And, you know, we're, I'm hoping that they will come back to South by Southwest this next March 2023. Probably it will be their third time. So probably not. But I would love to see them and give them the full attention they deserve and make up for maybe yeah. what what was a poor audience experience on my end. And, um, yeah. I mean, in this you know, pandemic age where the threshold for a band has to be very impressive to want to like haul ourselves out and see them live, maybe on a weeknight. But I'm like, oh, after this record, I'm like, oh, they're in contention. And so hopefully they'll tour. If yeah, not, they're... hopefully they'll come to San Francisco. It seems likely with this is very impressive. And it just it makes me really happy to see a band take it to the next level like this. Yeah. So we're going to go out with the last song on the record, which is called Sainted. Uh, another very synth heavy track oh it's so yeah it's so dark it's so intense it it gave me Depeche Mode vibes yeah very very energetic and polished as hell yeah Um, so again it's Sainted and we've been discussing Big Joni's second record Back Home and you've been listening to For the Record thanks so much for listening
proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.